You are listening to The Power of Peace with Kit Cummings. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Power of Peace podcast with Kit Cummings and my beautiful wife, Terry. Hi, everyone. This Glad is... you're here with us today. What's uh, In season two, this is what, our fourth one that we've shot? I mean, we just dropped episode one, but but I think you and I, maybe this is our third or fourth. So, so anyway, we decided along the way, it's like, you know, why don't we um, include my nutty wife? Because she will be, she's a character. And people will tune in just to see what the heck she's going to talk about. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm interested to see what you're going to talk about. <laughs> so this one, uh, you know, before we get started, here's what I need, here's what I need y'all to do. Go ahead and hit that like button. Hit subscribe so you can follow us. Share it, comment. We want to hear from you. We're also kind of open to people wanting to hear different topics because we, we have a fascinating family. And, and we've done, <laughs> we've been saying a reality TV show, but we're like, no, we wouldn't ever do that, but it'd make a heck of a one. So this is kind of our little version of a reality TV show. Because uh, <clears throat> our journey, which we're going to talk really about your journey before you got to me, <laughs> was a whole other deal. Um, we've already talked about kind of that one. Yep, you know, exactly. Yep. A, AK, after Kit. Now we're going to do BK. <laughs> after you know, kit, b- before, before Kit. kit. Yeah, okay. That's a good way to put it. You know, BK and AK. We've talked about intimacy. We've talked about um, addiction. We've talked about mental health. Today we're going to touch on some things. I mean, we want to talk about real stuff that is also applicable to people they, that they can really use it practical but we want to do it in an entertaining way because these are deep things we're talking about today you know we're going to touch on some some abuse and some things that single moms go through and mm-hmm. and god the hero the sacred single mom and so we we believe in being very vulnerable um and because it'll help people but <clears throat> you know that's a journey because i wasn't ready for a long time to start talking about my battle and journey through addiction and then all of a sudden I just was and, and it helped people because a lot of people are going through it. The same with mental health. That was a big one. I had to, to really decide about that one, mm-hmm. you know, because once you come out, you can't, you know, go back in. But the same thing has happened. People are like, oh my gosh, thank you. We're finally talking about it, you know, real things. We've had, uh, you know, our, our son on. We've got one of our other sons, you know, that's going to be coming on soon and prayerfully our our daughters and so um, so anyway so today uh, first of all I think it's interesting how, how we pre- happened to meet so we met how do we meet match.com we should be a commercial for match.com is it match.com still around match.com still around Oh, okay so if all you're right. out there hit us up I mean we're like yeah, yeah we're, yeah, we're yeah. fans so match.com was really fun because it actually had um, started I guess about two years before we met so I had been on match.com longer than you had and it was it was a lot of fun and it was also very interesting because you you know after you've been on match.com for a while then you start learning what the language means and what you know this email means and you know that that what's behind the scenes of what that person's intentions are right <laughs> so um i would go on and off of it um and then when you got on match.com had this little wink thing that you could do and so he winked at me and i couldn't really see any pictures of him or anything and so i just ignored the wink and about two weeks later 
you winked at me again. I ain't giving up. Yeah, you winked at me again, and I said, okay, well, let me take a look at this guy. Let me read his profile. Let me see if there's anything we have in common and all. And so I did. I dug deeper into your profile and saw that we liked the same Liked a lot of the same things. Movies. Right. Yeah, movies. We always time. shout out to Heat. Yeah, Heat was the thing that that movie brought us together. So I guess Robert <laughs> De Niro and Al Pacino will give you all a shout out because you, that movie brought us together. <laughs> like, he's got to be kind of cool. But you got to understand, this is back before any of this was cool. Yeah, it was really cool kind of underground. You didn't tell anybody if you were on Match.com because you felt kind of like a loser. Yeah. And, you know, you'd been single for a minute. It was kind of a little newer for me. And so I finally kind of, they had this thing, it was like, uh, six months free and i'm like well that works and but and you go ahead and try it but then they're really smart because they wouldn't let you post a picture yeah and so ain't nobody gonna talk to you if you don't have a picture but we're also in the age of everybody not carrying around a, a camera on their phone all the time so i have yeah. these goofy looking pictures and so i don't know if they were and so that they make you start paying and so then you put that up and then oh man so anyway we uh that's how we found each other, man. Mm -hmm. And now you got a million of those fish in the sea and farmers.com. I mean, and, you know, yeah, there's Christian a lot of them now. singles and yep. I don't know. Anyway, yep. so anyway, that's what we do. So <clears throat> the last time that we did our thing, we talked about trust and intimacy. Yep. You know, and about how to create the space for that to, you know, not just for you to be able to develop it, but protect it and for it to thrive. And I feel like over our 17 years, been together 18, married 17, that has been a journey toward trust and intimacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't, it doesn't start off immediately trusting somebody to where you can be completely vulnerable and let them in and let them know what you've gone through. Like, like if you had been a preacher in your former life, is that <laughs> yeah, exactly. a little something that you might exactly. want to share with your new girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, 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 that was it's a like, trip. I wasn't ready to, to come out about that. Yeah, I mean, no, because, that was a trip. Yeah. You know, I mean, it hadn't ended that well for me. You know, it was, a, it was a, a very important season in my life. And I still, I mean, our, our, we have a ministry, even though it's, you know, very inclusive, but you know, I found, I found my way back to my calling, but yeah, I mean, I had shame around that and shame around the divorce and shame around, you know, just a lot of shame in my past. And I'm not trying to, when you're first, you know, kind of falling for somebody, you kind of hold your cards close to your vest because I don't want, she digs me. I don't want to mess that up by telling her, you know, things, but then over time, more and more vulnerability. Well, I'm excited about um, today because, you know, we get to talk about your story and everyone has a unique story. You know what I'm saying? Wherever we came from, I told a group I was speaking to yesterday, there's not one story in here that's not fascinating mm -hmm. and compelling. It's just a matter of, of being willing to share it. And vulnerability, in my case anyway, was cathartic because the more that I shared, um, the more shame was leaving me. Mm -hmm. And the more that I was finding that, that people need this. And I found my vulnerability in prison. And you're like, whoa, you did time? No, I mean, I go in there and serve. But the, the, the prison setting was one where I could share anything, right? And then that developed into being that way in churches or with corporate or with schools, just a life of vulnerability. And you've been talking about this, you know, for a minute, about wanting to share this, not just for women, but um, to give people hope, but especially, you know, the women who have had that tougher journey. And um, I admire it. So I want to say that, you know, everybody, that's how I got mad respect 
you know, for you and admire because you're tough, you're self-made, you're a little scrapper, you know, five foot nothing, a hundred nothing, don't fight her. No, don't fight me. She's tiny, but she's fierce. Yeah, I'm very, um, I am. I'm very stubborn. I don't mind the battle. I'm not going to back down if it's something that I truly believe in. I'm not going to back down on it. There you go. Yeah. Or even things that you don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm and, and I'm determined. I'm a, I'm a determined person. So I think my determination actually really comes from my mother and my father. I mean, my mother is extremely determined. My father was extremely determined, and uh, they instilled that in me. Yeah. And I'm so happy that they did instill that with me because the things that I did in my life when I was younger um, put me in a bad situation. You know, that's that's just, that's one thing that um, people, I don't think, understand. The choices that we make, you know, even when we're younger, affect us when we're older, right? So... When I got into middle school, I was very insecure. I was small. I was flat-chested. Um, I actually was I'm very much a tomboy, so I really did kind of look like a boy the first day. So middle school for me was really junior high. That started in seventh grade, where, right. so that changed. But so when I started in seventh grade, I really did look like a boy. You know, I was flat-chested and um, dressed like a boy just because I was such a tomboy. And the first day of school, though, when I walked into the girls' bathroom, they told me I was in the wrong bathroom. And that really knocked me for a loop. That created such an insecurity and a lack of self-confidence and everything that I had always had. It just kind of got knocked out the window. So that led me to trying to um, find, you know, people that I would fit in with, right? And so because I wasn't fitting in the, that group of, you know, the pretty girls and the, the ones that were feminine and whatever, however you want to say it, I wasn't accepted in that group. So then I sought out and I got into drugs, you know, um, and I didn't, I got into drugs. It wasn't necessarily alcohol that I got into, but I did a lot of drugs during that time. Yeah. And, um. One thing I can say is I was strong enough to get off of them when it was when it was my time to get off of them. So I started early with yeah. the drugs. Um, and then <clears throat> by the time I was 19, I was no longer doing drugs or anything like that. So, yeah. But let me ask this before we get uh, uh -huh. to that is like a lot of people like I did the same thing as far as middle school was when I started acting out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of times, I mean, even now, the middle school is, is a, such a tough, tough time. For it's, kids. A, it's a really tough time. Everybody's trying to there. You know, we have a grandson that is in middle school now and he's trying to find his identity. He's only 12. But he's trying to find his identity already. Yeah. Um, and I think that that it's as a parent, as be, being parents and going through that ourselves, I think it's important for us to remember to not be a hypocrite when you're when your child is going through something like possibly acting out. You've got to remember, you've got to go back to your own self or remember what you did 
as a kid so that you can relate to your, your child. And have, have some empathy. Have some empathy. Which, which is very important for us. I mean, yeah. God has allowed us to go through a lot of things, so we understand a lot of things. Yeah. But, um, but a lot of people, you know, when they have, um, if you see kids acting out, experimenting, whether it be drugs, alcohol, sex, you know, bullying, you know, the things, especially with the social media, you know, all the information they're being blessed to, you might assume, oh man, they must have had a tough, you know, uh, family upbringing. You yeah. Because a lot of the kids that I work with, maybe father's not present, mom is two or three jobs, maybe they're addiction issues, the kids are you know, kind of raising themselves. That wasn't the case with you. No, not at all. I had, I had such a wonderful childhood. My parents were amazing, amazing people. Um, my, my, I, I just, th there was nothing that they did to cause me to, to go into drugs. That is the one thing that I regret, actually, is, is hurting my parents the way that I did. Because I know that I hurt them, you know, acting out the way that I did. And I acted out a lot more than, um, than you know. I mean, I ran away because I wanted to, to do what I wanted to do. So at the age of 16, I thought, you know, I don't like my parents. They're trying to control me. I'm running away. I ran away and they had to get the police involved and, you know, to find me. And it was just, it was just a horrible situation that I put myself into because I was selfish and that is my biggest regret is hurting my parents the way that I did. I don't regret um, doing drugs like, like that. Um, be, be, what I'm trying to say is I don't regret a lot of the things that I did because it helped me when I was a single mom. So was it a blessing or a curse that I got into the situation that I did? Now I look at it as a blessing because when I was raising my kids by myself as a single mom, I knew what to look for, you know, if I knew what to look for because I was street smart, I guess you would say. Yeah. And so, and being a single mom you of boys, you really have to have your thumb down on them, yeah. right? Yeah. You really have to see, and their father was not present at all, you know, for a good reason. Um, I had all of his rights stricken just simply because of, um, I wanted, like I said, I stopped at 19 doing drugs because I had my first child. And when I had my first child, that was everything to me. So I had to be, you know, strong and not do those things and be there for my children. And that is really what got me probably definitely out of that situation. Um, so was, but was doing those things a blessing or a curse? I look at it now as a blessing because it helped me to raise my kids. Yeah. It helped me to be a better mom. It helped me to see you know, like being suspicious. What do you, why do you have that bat in your car? You shouldn't be having that bat in your car because you're not going to baseball practice, right? I know what you're doing with that bat. You're going to stop it right now. You're on restriction. You know, those kinds of things, just being able to watch out, knowing the smell or looking at their eyes or knowing who their friends were and always keeping my house open to all of their friends. So all of their friends could come over and I could get to know them and you know, just like I said, keeping my thumb down on them to a certain degree, looking and knowing 
what was out there yeah. made me a better parent. Yeah. Yeah. But and it was a rough journey. Sure it is. Yeah. And everybody goes through what they go through to get to where they're at. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's why, you know, part of one of the promises in recovery, which is my journey, not yours, um, is we will not regret the past or wish to shut the door on it. Now think about that. That's mm -hmm. powerful. That means healing. Because if I look back at my past the way I did and just kind of like, I want to shut the door on it, if that's over, and I regret the decisions I made, I regret, you know, regret a lot of times is shame-based mm -hmm. instead of looking at it and going, it is what it is. And I believe God uses whatever we give him. If we give him bad choices, he will teach us through that. If, if we give him, you know, uh, if, if whatever we give him, he's going to use. And he used all my poor choices and the things that I did when I was young that I used to have a lot of shame around. And now I'm like, I would not be the person that's sitting here today without all of the choices I made. So I'm not going to regret them, but I learned from them. And hopefully we can instill that in the kids too. Something that, that also connects us is uh, we both lost our fathers young. Yeah. You know, we lost yeah, our fathers in their 50s. And so. Well, I know. lost my brother when he was 17. <sighs> and so I was eight years older than my brother. And when I lost my brother when I was 17, then I became the only child. And I had to, um, the, the things that I had to do for my parents after my brother died was. Um, Really, I had to become the parent. Mm -hmm. I had to really, I had to really help with the funeral when my mm -hmm. brother died. I had to get the pallbearers together, make mm -hmm. sure they had suit. I mean, that was something. It was just devastating to my mom and dad to to lose a child. Um, and nobody knows what it's like to lose a child unless you've gone through it. Yeah. Um, and I haven't gone through losing a child. Thank God for yeah. that. Um, but I have gone through watching my mom and dad go through that pain. Right. Um, and which, and that's a pain that never, ever, 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 ever goes away for sure. a parent. Life changes forever. It, it's, it's your life changes forever. So that was, that was it. You know, I mean, I could talk <laughs> forever about just that bit, just that little piece of, of my life. Yeah, yeah, huge turning point. Huge, huge turning point, yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, One thing I want to say, though, let me back up for please. a second. I said that I had my children's father's rights stricken. I want everybody to know that he's back in their life. He became sober, um, and so when my children were nine and eight, he had, um, he became sober and became the person that he needed to be. And I, um, at that point, I allowed him to be back in my yeah. children's lives. Yeah, that's important yeah. to say. Yeah. But, um, and just from your experience, why don't we kind of transition into that, is so you have um, your kids basically right after school, you're young, 19, 21, you're right. having kids. Right. When I was at the University of Georgia, <laughs> lost in parties, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden you're a, a mom. And, I mean, just, you know, honestly, in an abusive relationship. Very so, abusive relationship. And there's a lot of people that are listening that can either relate to that or had parents that had to go through that or been through that themselves yeah. or are, are helping, you know, loved ones that are going through. It's a big thing. And, um, you know, that that's one of the things that I admire the most about you is having to, to raise those boys and to get out of a toxic, toxic and dangerous relationship. So... I mean, what was that like? It took courage. Well, you know, it, to, it takes a, you know, my youngest child at that point when I left, 
was only four months old. Um, and so here I have a 15-month-old, well, no, a 19-month-old and a four-month-old on my own. I really don't have a job. I don't have really any skills. I haven't gotten a college education or anything. And I do thank God for my parents because they were very helpful through that time. Um, you know, I, I moved in with them for a while and that allowed me to get my feet on the ground. And then I moved up here to Atlanta. Um, I really um, had to, at that point in time when I moved up here, I, I had to work two jobs. So I would go to work as an admin during the day, and then I would wait tables at night to support my kids. Um, so that was, that was very difficult. But as a mom that wants everything for their children, I was just determined to, to make it work. Yeah. You know, that was it. I was determined. That was my big reason, my children, to make it work. Getting out of an abusive relationship was, see, I never, the way that I grew up, I didn't even know things like that existed. You know, my, my family was so tight that we didn't have things like that happen in our family. And so I didn't even know really any about divorce until I had to go through it myself, you know. And so um, I, I think that Getting out of an abusive relationship for anybody can be extremely hard, especially when you don't have any skills or you don't think you have skills to go out and get a job. You don't think you have the means to um, do what it is to raise your kids or do what it is to just feed yourself. And so you can stay in this abusive relationship because it becomes kind of like a prison in a lot of ways. Um, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of women out there right there that I know that are in some type of abusive relationship. It doesn't have to be a physical abuse. It can be emotional abuse. It can be mental abuse. Um, it can be your ultimate gaslighter, you know, that, that puts you down. But I want to say that um, with determination, to, you can do it. You know, you, you can get out of that prison. You can get out of that um, abusive relationship and you can do whatever it is you need to do to feed your children or feed yourself for that matter. And th there's also men out there in abusive relationships. So it's not just women. You of know, course. abuse is across the board. But you've got to have that determination to, to do what it is and you can. If yeah. I can do it, I mean, I did, you know, yeah. I was on welfare and food stamps and Medicare and I was, I was so shameful of that. You know, I was so ashamed of being in that, that spot. But the truth of the matter is I put myself in that spot. Nobody else did. I can't blame anybody for it. I put myself in that spot for the choices that I made in the, in my younger life. Yeah. And that's what everybody also needs to understand when you start making those choices, it's going to affect you much later on in life. It, you know, what we do now, there has consequences to it, whether it's good or bad, there's a consequence to it, yeah. you know? 
And so um, my mom, my dad had already died and passed away. And I was having a really hard time, you know, um, working two jobs. And my mom said to me, why don't you get in real estate? And I said, well, why would I do that, mom? And that's, you know, commission only. At least now I, you know, have a, a very small salary and I'm waiting tables at night too. And she said, you'll be great at it. You'll do great at it. And so she really pushed me into getting into real estate. And when I did, that is when I really was able to um, make a really great living for myself and my, my children. And so that was the, the turning point in my life. But the key thing about that was I was still determined. Yeah. You know, and, that, and that's, that's what it takes in this world. Yeah. Whatever your dream is, whatever that big reason is that you've got to be determined to go outside the box and work hard to get the life that you want, it takes that determination and you can do it no matter what it is. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage. And, a lot um, of courage. You know, this does. Because it's, yeah, I mean, I, w I was going to hit that too, is, is um, you know, people, you've got a lot of people, you're, you're well known in the community, you're well respected, you built a career that was a 27-year career yeah. that involved, you know, selling, you know, helping buyers, residential, new homes, becoming a broker, being a, a team leader, managing 300 agents, you know, doing uh, productivity coaching. And so you know a lot of people, especially in Cobb County. And I know the temptation, at least for me, all those years that I was a preacher, you know, and people looked at me and they thought a certain part thing about me. There was always this imposter syndrome in there, like if they only knew, and I was afraid. And it's like I know that happens professionally. It's like man, I don't want anybody to know that I was a complete knucklehead. It's like no, that's the power of your story, is that you you know you while being raised in a very very healthy environment, um, you know for whatever reason, and that would be a talk of its own. Is um, why do certain people at that age begin to act out and experiment and I mean you can be raised absolutely right but then you can have a terrible home life and you have these rock star kids right it's hard to see that but the power of your story is you know going through getting pregnant um, at a you know fairly young age 19 20 21 and um, being in an abusive relationship and having to make the scary decision to get out and then the humility or even humiliation it shouldn't be oh, yeah. of man i'm on food stamps and welfare and parents are helping me with the kids i'm bartending at night i've got this little you know day thing and and if if people only knew you know but now you know it it made you into the person that you are the wife you are the mother you are the grandmother you are the daughter you are the friend you are you know, none of that happens without the storms, in my right. estimation. Right. Um, and so the, the shame, you know, shame is the enemy. It always is. It's not from God. You know, no. guilt is being, feeling bad about what I've done. There's nothing wrong with that if it changes you. Shame is feeling bad about who I am. Okay, there's something wrong with me. Well, it took me a long time. Um, took me a long time to shed that shame. I mean, a really long time. It took me, you know, like you said, I had been divorced for a minute, um, and that that shame that I carried, 
it also affected our relationship mm. because I wasn't ready to be completely intimate, right? Yeah. Be, be, you've got to shed that shame and you've got to let the other person that you want to be in a relationship with totally, totally know you, yeah. right? Which is scary. And, and what, yeah, it's totally very scary. You know, like, um, like you said, once I started shedding and letting you in and telling you all about my past, and we we hadn't even touched the surface of it, um, you know, today of what I would share with everybody. But um, once I started shedding that and letting go, I really became completely free. Yeah. Completely free to be who I am today. And... And I'm not, I am not ashamed to let everybody know what I went through. It's huge. You know, and what I went through. And like I said, we hadn't even touched oh, yeah. this yet is the just surface a 30, of, of what I did and what I went through. Yeah. You know, I mean, listen, I had a boyfriend when I was um, 16 years old, ran away with him, went, ran away to Texas and stole a car. Stole a car. Okay. And then when we stole the car, the other couple that we were with, we fled to Florida, right? And here I'm only 16 doing these things. Can you imagine how much hurt that I put on my mother and father, them not knowing where I was and all the things that um, I went through then? That's where in the beginning of the abusive relationship started then. Mm. The boyfriend that I had was abusive. I mean, he um, one night pulled a sword out on me and held me, held me basically prisoner for a couple hours with the sword. Hmm. You know, so once you start in that abusive relationship, then you kind of or you, you stay in an abusive relationship. Yeah. The next relationship that you go into more than likely is going to be abusive. Yeah. Because that is what you have become accustomed to. Right. So you have to break that cycle, you know, and that takes a lot of courage to break that cycle and step out and say, this is not what I want for my life. This is what I want for my life. And this is the kind of human being I want to be in my life. Yeah. And that, that, that's hard. Yeah. It's yeah. hard. We, um, yeah, in my work, obviously, I work with a lot of people. I work with broken people, um, damaged people, kids that have lost their way. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people look at folks that are in those kind of situations and maybe without knowing, we judge. You know what I'm saying? We look at that and go, mm. yep. you know, whether it's a, a struggling single mom that's doing what she has to do or somebody that is um, dealing with addiction, mental health issues, suicide mm-hmm. that families are dealing with or accidents like you lost your brother just in a hydroplaning, you know, car accident. Right. It's like, boom, life changed right. forever. But in my world, when I, when I kind of know somebody and I'm like, oh, they're cool. I like them, whatever. And then I find out that there's more to the story, right. that they went through some things. Right. My respect for them doesn't go down like, Ugh. it's like it goes up. Like those beautiful women we got to spend time with this last Monday night at a, at a women's recovery home. Right. And these are women that um, are homeless and have addiction issues in this great place called The Extension here in Marietta. But it's like, oh my gosh, it was spending time with sacred because they are, a lot of them are single moms, been through stuff, been beat on, 
been arrested, had to do things, you know, and I'm like, I got mad respect for tough people. And so, and I remember, you know, I mean, we, we've talked about our, our routines in our life is we take baths together every night, unless, mm -hmm. I mean, every night. And it's like, that's our time just to kind of, kind of just, I don't know, just decompress. The, decompress and let the day go. And mm -hmm. we don't talk about business because we've already done that on our walk, you know, or when we were cooking, we, we're, we cook, you know, we cook together. We, that's we, not true. We cook. Don't let him fool you. He, he can make coffee and he make, he's really good at making pancakes. But other than that, <laughs> However, I clean well. He cleans the I kitchen. Clean well. Awesome. Oh, but anyway, awesome. you got me way okay. off track. Yeah. So anyway, but it was when one of those bath times and you told me a story and it was one that I'd never heard before. And it was during this, it was like somewhere along the way, I realized that between 10 and 20, I knew vague general things. And then you started telling me stories that I didn't know. And I was like, oh man, there's a whole new depth and my respect kept going up. I got, you know, I got a wife who's, she's tough, man. I mean, I love that. You've been through some stuff. People know who, you know who you are, you know what well, I'm saying? And you're not afraid to, you, you, you're yourself so much more than I am naturally. I was always trying to be what people wanted me to be to find acceptance. You just kind of are who you are, but there's a new depth because I mean, you're telling the whole world now, you know what I'm saying? Well, it's, you know, my mom and dad really instilled, like like I said, determination. I saw they worked hard. They provided us a really good life. Um, so so I was raised in when I be, when I had my children. I knew that that was the kind of life that I wanted. Yeah, you know, was the kind of life that my mom and dad gave yeah. me. Right, um, and so I absolutely had to turn around. You know, um, and. <clears throat> there's there's probably more stories that I could tell you, but the the honestly, there's a lot of stories that I don't remember. Oh gosh, you know, that's there's me too. there's just a that's lot of stories too. that I don't remember. Yeah, um, it, you know, and there's things that will pop up that are way down in there. Yeah, yeah, way down. And God's in there, bringing them you know? up at the perfect time. He's bringing them up and. And I'm looking at those things as really a blessing because if I can sit here and help other people and let them know that um, you can do this, you don't have to, you know, and also, you know, we coach people. You and I coach people. We right. consult with people, you know, so we're available for that, Yeah. you know, for Absolutely. people to come to us that, that are trying to yeah. just have an ob objective view and you know, set out a plan on how you can go about and do this. We d we defied the odds. No, absolutely. Because defied the odds. I mean, you think yeah. about it when you you know you chose and you you said something's very powerful is it's maddening sometimes when you see somebody that's in a terribly abusive relationship have the courage to get out and then go and find another one, and it yeah. goes to our self esteem, mm -hmm. what we believe we're worth. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's like, hey, and also fear, the mm -hmm. insecurity of being alone. Right. There's a lot of those things. But, um, you know, having go gone through the storms is now the most valuable part of our work mm -hmm. because we really don't just have sympathy. You know, we have compassion, but an even powerful, more powerful thing is empathy. And without all the storms in our journey, and we had to take a train wreck because, I mean, you, you fell in love with a guy that 
you know, was an alcoholic and you didn't know it. And then, you know, a year after we get together, I'm like, baby, I got to stop drinking. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, I kind of figured that. And, uh, and then I go into this weird period of sobriety where I didn't know who I was. Intimacy was like a long shot. Like I didn't think I was possible. I was damaged right. goods. And so, but we have, we've made it. But in the same time, we now have um, kids that are all in different places. And that's a whole, you know, it's another story. But, you know, our oldest is a combat veteran, mm -hmm. you know, four battle tours and everything comes with it. And, and his, you know, family is, is wonderful and they're thriving. We've got a beautiful uh, transgender daughter, mm, which, yeah. you know, which and this is over the past few years, um, married, grown. And, uh, and that is, that's, it's a rich experience that, you know, that it, it's, it's a part of, of our wonderful life. And, you know, we've said this before, um, most likely saved her life, the courage to, you oh, know, yeah. to, to be, to be who she always has been inside. And so, I mean, that's, that's a whole nother depth of, of our family life. And, you know, our, our next oldest, our son is, we just did a podcast on our journey together through mental health because mm -hmm. we both have those challenges. And then our youngest is in on the journey to recovery, three years sober, and she's just a little soldier. And so we've, how would we help our kids going through all these things if we didn't have, you know, the depth of experience? Well, I think that's what a lot of people don't um, really grasp when they're going through something is that looking at it and saying, is this a blessing or a curse, right? Um, and there's so many things that we could look at and say, this is a curse. But if we take that and we learn from it, right? We learn from our mistakes. We learn from what's going on. And we learn that it's ultimate respect for one another and it's ultimate love for one another, which are, you know, I, that's our number one thing to do, right? Is to love each other, try to know each other. We're all walking through this life together and we all have something. There is not a single person that doesn't have something. True. Not, right? Um, but the, loving your children, no matter what the circumstances are, yeah. is the most important thing. And admiring, I mean, you know, parents are listening and kids are going through a lot of stuff. Right. But we have come to, to admire and value the courage of our kids. Right. I mean, Justin has, has been heroic. I mean, I, I believe he's probably going to be on our show at some point about the way he's dealt with um, all the things that he brought back from the war right. that he had to deal with and see and do. And, and that's a, a whole nother journey. But then, um, you know, the courage. That was, of, a, that, that was an extremely scary journey as, as a mother having um, her son be at war four different times. You know, it just wasn't one time. And I guess I went times. through, what, three of those tours? Yeah, you went through three of those tours. And had to watch you go through yeah, that. We were scared. It, it, very painful. You and know, then, you don't know if, if your child is coming home or not. Yeah. It, it's extremely stressful. And ad admiring the courage of, um, of Luna. Yep. And, and Bree. Yep. And um, that's an and, amazing, amazing story, really. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a whole nother show. It really, it's it really is. It's an story that that um, we have a, a, a daughter 
um, that is living her best life yeah. because she had the courage the to courage. finally become who she always wanted to yeah, be. Absolutely. And I, I admire that. Yeah. And if you, if for parents that are dealing with that, try your best to see, see them the way that God, through God's eyes, through that lens of love and through that lens of courage and and embrace it. Yeah. Because you don't want to lose your child. No. 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 It, it, it needs to be embraced. Absolutely. And it's it's honoring one another. It's fully accepting one another. It's it's true love, mm -hmm. unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And then it's um is everybody is is doing life the way the way they do it. And that's a it does take courage. And then you know our younger two, the courage for you know our son Cole to. To be vulnerable about mm -hmm. the things he's going through, it's helping so many people. Um, and then, you know, Lena's courage to be open and help other people in addiction. I'm so proud it's, of all I'm amazed, of our I'm kids. I'm amazed at, at Lena. She's just amazing and beautiful. Cole, the same thing, just absolutely amazing. And we're not sitting here telling y'all that any of these storms are easy. Ooh. They're they're not easy, mm -mm. you know, but... Um, I, I believe with all my heart that the reason that we can, um, that we battle through these storms and we come out on the other end as a better person is because of our faith. Yeah. Our faith is the thing. Yeah. And, and us, you and I, our friendship, our ride or die, our, our bond, that, our foundation, that, our foundation that, that nothing is going to break us. Yeah. And I guess the common theme running through all of this is how do we deal with fear? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Whether it be in, in our journey as young people, we put ourselves in a whole in some scary situations. Yep. The fear that you had in an abusive relationship and the courage to break through, the fear that you had as a single mom trying to raise two little babies by yourself, and the fear and that insecurity that took the courage to push through. You know, the the fear of being out there on your own, you know, and thinking well, maybe I'm just supposed to be alone until God brings this well, knucklehead and I into did, your life. And I did say that. I mean, I remember the day I said that. I remember the day that, you know, I um, was riding down the road and I just looked up and I said, God, you know, I had been alone for a long time already and I wanted a husband, and but nobody was coming around that was worthy, you know, um, and so I just looked up at the sky and I said, God, you know, if you want me to be alone for the rest of my life, I hereby accept that. But if you want somebody in my life that is going to be a great husband and a great father and a great partner and a great friend, then please bring them to me. And, and I let go of everything when I said that. I let go of trying to find somebody, you know, I put it all back in his hands, and two years later, there you go. There dude, you go. dude winked at you. There you go. Yep. And we'll close with this, you know, because I always like to share things right. that might help somebody. Is like, you know, I made a, a strong move after our first date. Right? Yeah, you did. You, you did. Let go. Yeah, you made a very strong move. You know, and we so, went and had a good time. It was a Match.com blind date. Well, we'd seen the pictures of each other. And we had taught, we had start, we had yeah. taught each other for a few weeks at yeah. that point. Yeah. And then we met and we hit it off. And I, I was a gentleman, walked yeah. you to the car, shook your hand. Yep. And then um, five minutes later, what did I do? You called me in the car and you said, you are absolutely gorgeous. When am I going to see you again? See. That's what he did. I didn't wait. Right, right. You know, guys think yep. I got to wait a yep. day or two. Don't want to come yep. on. 
five minutes. Yeah, and five I minutes. I want a man that know what I want. That's right. And, and, I, and he, 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 really, uh, he really did chase me. I made him chase me. But I, will, I, I just want to say this, <laughs> that if you're in any kind of um, situation that you need to get out of, there is a way. There's absolutely a way to do it. There's always a solution. Don't give up. That's the biggest thing for people out there that are considering totally giving up and doing self-harm. Don't. There's a solution. There always is. There is. There's a way out. God provide a way out. Yeah. Well, I am um, excited about this new journey that we're embarking on, yet another one. And we want to help people. I mean, we're doing workshops Right. Around these things, you know, three things that rarely get talked about in church is addiction, mental health, and divorce. And, and we've been through all of it together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say this, and uh, just to keep it as real as I can be, you, my darling, are a badass. <laughs> you are. And I tell you, I love you more today than I did yesterday, but not as much as tomorrow. Uh. So come back and see us. Subscribe. Listen to new, new episodes Mondays at 1. And so share this, comment. Give us your ideas. We love y'all. Peace.